at $200, a Super Nintendo setup costs twice as much as the old system. For the money, the company promises better pictures, sound, and adventure. Now you're playing with power, super power. You're the king, I tell you! You're listening to the SNES Podcast with your host, Soulblazer. Hello folks, this is Super NES Podcast episode 191. Uh, these are your regular hosts. I'm Greg, he is Joe. Hi. And we're covering a game, technically it's Joe's pick, but it's kind of a game both of us were very eager to explore because... Uh, we were told about this obscure game uh, by somebody who was on the podcast recently, uh, the fellow podcaster uh, Chris, um, during a recent day. Um, what would you? How would you describe that, Joe? A trivia? A, it was you know, trivia. Fest? It was a <laughs> trivia episode of Stone Age yes. Gamer, um, which I it, it's not family friendly. I'm going to throw that out there, but I am going to yeah. suggest that you definitely, uh, if you're okay with that content, look for it. Um, look up Stone Age Gamer. In that particular episode, um, I don't have the number in front of me, but we had a blast. And somehow, um, spoiler, um, I came out on top. Like, I still <laughs> don't know how that happened because I'm usually pretty bad in situations like that. But, um, yes, uh, thank you, Chris. Um, yeah. Honestly, like, we're going to get into it, but this was, uh, this yeah, was, this was fun. The... <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so to be competing for us, uh, Chris, uh, Chris themed a lot of the trivia questions to be Super NES related, and one of the and one of the games he used for one of his answers was this was a game that Joe and I never heard of. So, uh, the game's called uh, The Twisted Tales of Spike McFang, which is definitely like a very like oddball <laughs> sounding title, but um, but yeah, he he said he said he really enjoyed it. So it's like, well, okay, this sounds interesting enough. Let's check it out. So that's a good so, that's a covering like this episode. So um, start off with. Like to start off with, um, this is actually this is actually the one game of a trilogy uh, trilogy featuring this character that uh, that was made. This is the only game that came out that came out in North America. So, um, this game this game is a sequel uh, to a game uh, to a game called Makai Prince uh, Dorobokchen, uh, which only released in Japan for the Graph 16 uh, a couple hmm. of years previously, like for this one was. So. Um, and in this game in Japan, the Japanese, you know, the Japanese always had this, like, yeah, the Japanese, the Japanese like always had these like really cool titles. This one's no <laughs> exception. This game, you know, this game in Japan, it translates to, to translates as Super Demon World War, a little adorable. <laughs> so, um, they definitely, they definitely Americanized the, the title and some other things, which we'll get into here a little bit here when they brought the game over to like the West. So, um, and so, and so. Yeah, because the main character, who's called Spike in this version of the game, was known simply like as adorable, like in the Japanese version of the games. So that's where mm. that name comes from. So uh, the characters, the characters, the characters would also appear again in one more game in Japan, uh, Super Naxit Open, which is a golf game of all things. The <laughs> uh, Super Super NES. So it's like Kirby's not the only she's not the only French character, French character to show up like in a, in a, in a show up in a golf game, I yeah. guess. So. 
interesting. But anyway, so um, these games, like, like all three games, are developed by a company called Red Company, uh, which is still active today. Um, uh, they've been, uh, you know, they've been. They were around. Uh, they were founded in 1976. They started doing. Uh, they started making video games in 1985. Um, you know, um, and they're still publishing. I'm sorry. They're, I'm sorry. They're still developing. You know, still developing stuff uh, today. Um, as you would expect, being a Japanese company, most of their games were Japan only. Uh, they've done a lot of a uh, you know like anime games. They also done a lot of like virtual novel games and whatnot um, over uh, over the years. Uh, not too many other games have come out in North America, but a few of them have that may be recognizable to listeners. Uh, Gate, uh, Gate of Thunder, uh, the Triple CD, which is actually, like a, I've heard it's a pretty good game, was one of their games that came out here in the West. Hmm. Um, along with the sequel, Lords of, uh, Lords of Thunder. Um, they also uh, they also released over here uh, the Gungrave series, which you may have heard mm. of, uh, Joe. Yep. Um, uh, and also the Secure War uh, games are also there. Oh, okay. So... Um, uh, but so uh, in Japan, uh, the game was published in a company called Naxus Soft. The North American version of Twisted Tales Spike Thing was published over here by Bulletproof Software, which we've already covered before in a, in a previous mm-hmm. uh, in a previous podcast. They also, you know, they also published a uh, Yoshi's Cookie. So yeah. uh, Japan, the game came out in March 1993. Uh, it was a very delayed uh, release to North America, probably because they weren't sure they wanted to bring the game over in the West. In the West, West at first, they kept, um, you know, the game didn't come out in North America until June, like June of ninety, um, uh, like June, June of nineteen ninety four. So, um, so this is a very, so this is another Zelda-ish uh, like game. It's an action RPG game, top-down view, where you're controlling like a character and sometimes a companion, uh, going around the map doing various. You know, doing various fights, simple puzzles, fighting bosses, that kind of stuff. Again, you know, again, like very Zelda-ish. There, you, know, you know, there's money, there's hit, there's money, there's hit points, there's experience. Like you know the drill by now. So, um, but the actual plot and gameplay of this game is pretty unique. Um, Joe, this is kind of actually kind of a bonkers plot. Do you want to take a shot at trying to explain this because you did a pretty good job with it last time? <laughs> so yeah, this is a pretty good bonkers plot. And actually, one of the notes I have is that uh, this is a Saturday morning cartoon turned into a video game. Um, mm-hmm. So basically, the evil Van Helser um, has taken over the land and has different uh, minions that have been sent out to take over and. Um, occupy these lands and whatnot and it's up to um spike who is dracula's heir um to basically clean up and rescue the land um and he gets some help from van helser's son as well as um camellia and uh yeah this is this is so bonkers and crazy um from the whole training at the beginning where like you know this girl runs out and like wants help and he's like no i i can't do that right now i need to finish this training because i need to make sure um you know i complete it because i can't get refunded for (laughs) the money he put down for the training um it's from that to talk to the easter island looking guys to save your progress this game does not take itself seriously and I love that about it. Yeah, it's a very Japanese game, so it's like, 
the, the fact that the game even came out here in the West is shocking to me. Because it's like, no, I, it, it, it's like we've seen, we've seen, we've seen, we've seen numerous cases of games even less Japanese than this is not come over here in the West. Right. The fact that they actually, you know, the fact that Bulletproof Software decided, yeah, let's publish this over here in North America, <laughs> just, you know, just like blows my mind. But, um, but, um, you know, but. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but but yeah, it definitely is very anime. Like you know, there are like you know, there's opening, there is an opening, and there are some cutscenes here and there, some very like anime style portraits and whatnot. So um, the graphics, the graphics do look, the, the graphics do look very cartoonish. Uh, definitely, um, you, you, uh, definitely like the nine, um, the, the, the nine time period. Mm -hmm. So um, so in the same vein, like same vein, like the same vein, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not keeping this up seriously. Um, Spike even this vampire does not drink blood. Uh, like said, like he drinks uh, tomato juice. Yeah, tomato <laughs> juice. So, um, and you know, also, and also, enemy hit points in this game are shown are shown as uh, are shown as cloves, as in like you know, like garlic, yep. which is supposed to be bad, uh, bad, bad, bad vampires. There's all kind of like tongue, tongue, tongue cheek humor. Right. Like you know, like like this game. So, um, you know, and as you and as you progress. The, and so as you progress in the game, you also um, you also you also you also go up you also go up uh, you also get experience, go up levels. Uh, that increases how many hit points you have. Uh, there's money in the game as I mentioned before. You can do, um, um, you know, you use, uh, the money in the game that you can use to buy stuff. Um, why don't you actually like talk about some of the gameplay here, uh, Joe? So I'm not to, um, uh, so I'm not like you know so I'm not like you know like talking about everything here before. I... <laughs> So yeah, so um, you have a spin ability, um, which uh, you use your cape to kind of form like a, almost like a blade type um, motion. Um, but if you use it too much, uh, you will get dizzy, and that leaves you vulnerable to attack. Um, and it is uh, at times, especially when you're going through the quote-unquote dungeons, um, very hard to not end up dizzy. Um, as you have enemies coming at you, especially as you approach closer and closer to the boss. Uh, um, the other thing is that you have a hat throw. And the hat throw starts off pretty basic. Um, and it has a... Not... It, it's, it's hard to explain. So, like, they each, each different hat that you can get, um, which you can buy and upgrade your hat down the line... Um, and they oh, they all have different patterns in which they follow when you throw your hat, so that's important to keep in mind as you move forward in the game. Um, and then the biggest thing that I found to be interesting and yet almost almost so good, almost so good, was the card system. Um, getting cards was cool. I love the idea that you have magic abilities that are tied to the cards. And the cards are really cool because it covers your typical RPG fantasy type of magic. But also, like, you can have swarms of bats come in and, and attack enemies. F fish fall from the sky. Um, there's tomato juice or tomato can um, cards that'll instantly fill up your health, um, which are very helpful um, later in the game, especially. Um, and then they have companion cards that help, you know, with the companion actually being useful, which we'll get into, but like you eventually get a companion. It's not, it starts off with just you, but you eventually get a companion and, uh, the companion for me, at least, 
Uh, it just seemed like the companion was useless, um, in my opinion. And the only way they were kind of helpful was like if you were able to position yourself to where they were in the line of fire of an enemy and then they would attack. Um, I don't know if you had that issue or not. Yeah, the AI for the companion is not very good. Yeah, so the companion card kind of helps with that a little bit. Not too much, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, for the most part, and I think you'll agree with this, Greg, um, you're going to be grinding a little bit for levels. Um, there is some grinding if you do this game. Yeah. Yes. So, like, this, this, was, this is the best advice I can give for this game, is, like, grind, kill everything everything you see everything um kill it just kill it get that grinding mentality and and if you end up getting any cards whether it's through combat or you know through the store um save those for the boss because wow the difficulty curve in this game is crazy um the tutorial obviously is a breeze the first dungeons slash going through the castle um for the most part was pretty breezy up until i got to the boss and i mean so breezy that like an amateur i did not talk to the little easter island uh weird looking dude and save my progress i just went right into the boss fight thinking that i was uh king doo and was able to just you know mow down the boss and got destroyed um which resulted in me um having to start all over from the beginning yay <laughs> yeah so i ended up saving like every opportunity i had at that point and i even um because of the fact that the save points are so few and far between which is a pain um i ended up starting use using save states <laughs> yes. just because it made it yeah, a lot too. easier um but yeah, I mean that's the you know the general gist as far as you know combat and like the way the game kind of plays. Um, anything you'd like to add? Um. So it's uh. So this is so this is it's kind of a hard game to describe because it's like there's so many contrasts in this game. It's uh, that's really I mean, it's really that's really it's like. I can't see Western game being designed with all these elements in mind because it's a very odd in some ways how the game operates. Like for example, like Joe mentioned, how the difficulty level increases increases through. That's like very true. Um, on the other hand, though, um, you know this game was marketed in Japan as more toward a younger audience. Right. Uh, I mean, I uh, but, you know like they didn't see this game as being the you know you know they you know they didn't see this game as like being like being very challenging. Um, actually, the U.S. Ver actually, the U.S. release of this game was increased in difficulty a little bit. We'll talk about that here later on. Okay. But, um, but the game was to, but the game definitely was themed more toward a younger audience, uh, like Japan. Uh, for another thing, though, um, this game does require some grinding, and the grinding actually accounts for a good part of the game's length because the game, because, 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 because the actual game itself is like fairly short. Mm. You know, this is actually like a, you know, for the most part. If it wasn't for the grinding, you know, this would be like a very like breezy, you know, breezy RPG, like for sure. But because just to give, um, you know, like just to give, you know, just to give an example, like if you look at the walkthroughs of this game on YouTube, uh, they all have the grinding cut out. Yeah. So, um, so the actual gameplay itself is about two hours. 
but then if you tack on the grinding, that's another like another two to three hours. Yeah. So you spend more time grinding than you actually do like playing the game, which is frustrating in some areas for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, but the, but still the but still even with that in mind, the overall you know the overall game is only like four to five hours. Mm -hmm. So it's like, um, you know, this is like it's definitely possible. It's definitely possible to beat this game in one sitting. I, you know, like it's like so you know even like someone clocked. You know, so. There's there you know there's something to be said for like a short RPG uh, I, I, I games I will give it uh, you know credit for that so but still sixty bucks for this game back in the day no way I mean like you know this would be like you know you know this would be a rental a rental game period yeah yeah so, absolutely which I, which, I, which I think is one reason why you know which you know which I think is one reason why the game the, why the game was made a bit harder for the U S release which will uh, which will expand upon like later mm. on for sure so. Um, but yeah, and then and then also another aspect of difficulty is that like many old school RPGs, this game, you know, this, you know, this game, you know, this game does not telegraph to you very well what you what you have to do next. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I definitely, you know, I definitely had to, so I definitely had to look at a guide a few times to figure out, uh, to figure out to figure out where to figure out where I was supposed to go next or, or do or do next advance the plot or whatever. So so I um, I personally found um, like it was in the quote unquote dungeons is where I was running into issues. They can be very maze like. Um, biggest thing was like um, in the first castle. Like, I think it's the first castle where like you're trying to get to the the first boss, which is like a cat lady, and there's a point where like you have to walk across like. Um, like almost like attic beams to be able to get to a specific area where yeah, there is a key and there's a spider mini boss if you want to call him that he's he's a, he's a bullet sponge for sure. Um, but once you get him, you know, on top of like why can't they just let you grab the key? The key drops off and you have to go backtrack to get it. Um, but like it's things like that that were very frustrating. Um, cause it's like the first time I went through, like, I didn't realize, like I completely bypassed, like I just was like, Oh, follow the beams, get out, move on to the next part. I didn't realize I had to like go loop around, take another set of beams, go find where the spider is to get the key. Like I didn't find out until I found the door and I was like, Oh, there's gotta be a key somewhere around here. And then I'm going to look for the key. So, and that happens in every single quote-unquote dungeon um for the most part i found this game to be it's pretty linear like you go through you you're you have a town you kind of get some exposition as far as like where you are story-wise then you go to the quote-unquote dungeon whatever that may be and then you get um you, you beat the boss and then it's like more exposition, move to the next town, buy whatever you need to in the stores, and then move on to the next dungeon. And it just keeps going like that. And it's it, it it's different because I feel, and maybe you'll agree with this, I feel like because of how maze-like some of the areas are, I feel like at some point this was designed to be more open than it actually is. Um, yeah. You know? Yeah, it could be. And, and you know, and it, it kind of makes sense with that, you know, I, it feels almost like they were going for a Zelda-like game where it's like you have an open map and you got to get to the different, you know, dungeons or whatever to get to the boss. 
but then it seems like maybe for time or whatever reason, like they just kind of went and shrunk that down and made it more of a linear affair. But that was just, you know, my takeaway from it. Yeah, I didn't think about that myself. But that's a good point. That very well could be like what was going on here. So, but, uh, uh, but yeah, so, um, yeah, and it, yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with everything uh, that you said. Like, you know, uh, and then especially the boss fights also, you're, you're right about the boss fights. The boss fights are very challenging, especially, 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 especially the last, especially, um, especially the boss, the, the boss, the boss, the final stage, yeah. because this game does, this, this game does, this game does what some other games do and throw three bosses at you one after mm -hmm. another. So not fun. But, yeah. And, you know, you know, and the thing is too, like this, so early on, I found the cards to be very useful and I saved them for the bosses, particularly because it kind of made the boss fights a little better. Uh, as you get further in the game, um, you grind out to the point where like the cards are doing basically just the same amount of damage you are. So it's <laughs> the cards are more or less giving you a reprieve from you doing your spinning so that you don't, you know, get dizzy more than anything right. else. <laughs> um, it, it becomes a necessity more or less to give yourself a breather. But uh, yeah, this was fun overall. I'm, I'm just going to cut to the chase. This was fun. Um, and I highly recommend it to anyone who is uh, looking for something breezy um, and yet fun. Yes. Uh, with a few caveats to that, uh, um, I definitely would agree with that. One, like I said, there is some grinding available. There is some grinding in the game. And like I said before, there's more, you spend more time grinding than actually like, playing the game, probably. So just be warned like about that. And two, you have to have the right kind of mindset to go in this game. You have to, you, you, so you have to like Japanese style games. You have to, you have to, have, um, you really have to have like a whimsical sense of humor because yeah. it's like this game is very it's very different than many other more Americanish or, or uh, Zelda like Zelda like games. So, um, and you know, and because of all that, the reviews of the game are very mixed, which we'll talk about here like later on. So, uh, but yeah, so if you have those things in mind and you're looking for like a, a fairly short uh, order Japanese style RPG, RPG that's that, 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 that's easily available in the West because it actually was released in the West. Um, then you know, you, you know, like definitely look this up like for sure. So, um, we, we touched upon as we touched upon as we touched upon a little bit, but let's let's also like cover the graphics, the, the graphics and music. Um, graphics are nice. Graphics are very, um, like I said before, the game is very Zelda-ish in its look. Um, you know, like enemies, the enemies, the enemies, the, the enemies are uh, the enemies are well defined as well your characters. The color, the color, the color schemes used is bright and colorful. Uh, your guy is definitely recognizable, but recognizable, recognizable because that the blue outfit and that huge hat he, he, that, that, uh, 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 that he wears. So, um, but uh, wait, no, sorry, not the blue hat. Uh, no, yeah, the blue hat. But the, the dizzy animation is also like very cute. Yeah. So it's like you know, like kind of like he looks more drunk than dizzy. To me, actually, <laughs> so I think. True. But um, um, music in this game is very good. Um, you know, um, you know, this actually is a very solid soundtrack. It's actually. So I think it's a little bit better, probably probably a little bit better than like usual typical RPG fare of this time period. It's not like it's not like Final Fantasy Dragon, uh, um, you know, Final Fantasy slash Dragon Quest. Great, but it, but it's a very good soundtrack. I thought. Yeah, I I think the soundtrack fits the game. I 
like the way that it sounds. And yes, it's not anything that you would expect from a typical RPG. But you know what? For an action-adventure game, the music's perfect. Um, it yeah. doesn't get annoying. Um, it actually adds a little bit to the game because, you know, the sound effects are fantastic as well. And um, you know what? I kind of dig this cutesy art style. It works for me. Um, yeah. And like I said, it really feels like a Saturday morning cartoon come to life. And part of that is the mixture of that music and that art style. So... This one gets two thumbs up for me, even with, you know, the grinding and everything else. Yeah, so, like, so, like, so, the two main complaints I had at the game, I, you know, I, I, you know, I agree with you, Joe. I, I, um, I think this is a good game. Just, uh, um, just the two things I wish could be a bit different. Well, beyond being longer, of course, that's, but, um, then it's a whole different, like, uh, I, you know, kettle fish. Um, it's like, um, so just that I wish. Like so, I wish the game, like I wish the game didn't require so much grinding. Mm -hmm. um, and I, and and I also, I'm not a big fan, like about the attack system because I, um, the cape, while nice, is a very short range weapon, and your bat and your and your hat most of the game does not do a lot of damage. So uh, you take a lot of damage, especially early in the game, before you're trying to get used to things, trying to get close enough for an enemy to attack them, and then like actually before, actually first before you get the chance to, to hit them. So. Uh, I wish you could get a weapon in the game, just like uh, the combination, the combination, the, the combination of the very, very short range cape and the very long range but very, but very weak hat doesn't, you know, doesn't really like, do it for me uh, perfectly. It, it, I mean, like don't get me wrong, it's playable, but you know, I just wish, you know, I wish the, I wish the, I wish the, the weapon, weapons in the game was a bit different. Mm. Yeah, I can't argue that. You obviously didn't have. Have an issue, uh, uh, issue with it, uh, uh, like I did. It sounds like. I mean, you know, like, like I said, like there, there's some issues that just didn't bother me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah it's there. Um, you know, one thing that I wish I would have known ahead of time, and I'm sure you will mention this um, after. Um, there's a cheat code to be able to enable uh, co-op once you get a companion, uh -huh. which is nice. Um. And I wish I would have known ahead of time because Greg and I definitely would have, you know, tried to play this online together. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's you know, it's it's fun, even with it being grindy. That's that's really what it comes yeah. down to. If you know, yeah. I and I can really speak to the heart of the matter because of the fact that you know we were just discussing before the podcast. Like I've been playing through Dragon Quest One and Two. Um, I beat Dragon Quest 1, just started playing 2, and, like, those games are grindy as all hell. But yes. they're also fun. So, it and the story is fantastic. And, you know, this one, you know, it's meant... I'm pretty sure it's meant to be humorous. Um, I'm pretty sure it's it not is, like yes. it was yeah. lost in translation or anything like that. So, like, it's meant to be fun. It's meant to be whimsical. And, yes, the grinding is a pain. You, you know, having to fight everything you see on screen. And sometimes have to go backwards and fight more stuff that's on screen. But there's enough there to keep you going. And it's not like, um, what was the other game that I played that was like that? It was super grindy, and I was just like, yeah, I'm not even doing this. Um, man, that's going to bother me now. <laughs> I can't think of it. But, you know, like, it's just, there There are RPGs out there that are like that, that you're just like, eh, 
Like, I'm not putting in the effort. So. Right. But, um, yeah, so, um, you know, I actually, I actually was thinking that, um, um, so you may be able to weigh in more on your thoughts, on your thoughts, like about this, Joe, but it's like, but it's like, but it's like one of the reviews, uh, one of the more modern reviews that I thought was good by Sam said that, you know, like this is more in line with like a Genesis action RPG as far as like, um, as far as like, you know, length, uh, length and character and setting. And I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, I guess you're right. Um, so yes um, and no. Um, I, I do agree with that. Like, you know, you know, this is like on par with like, um, uh, Century of Solaria or something like that, which was like a Zelda ripoff that was on the Genesis. Um, and that was very grindy, but also like, um, very Zelda-like. But if you were to compare this to like Fantasy Star or the Shining Force series, I don't think there's a comparison at all. Um, those are, those are more comparable to, um, Final Fantasy and Dragon yeah, Quest yeah, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but as far as the other action slash RPG type games that were on the Genesis, which there's like five, um, <laughs> the, this is in line with that. Yes. But, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Definitely for sure. So, um, so before I move on to some like finishing, like finishing thoughts here, uh, 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 the finishing topics here, like as I always do, um, um, yeah, I definitely can see like why Chris enjoys this game so much. It's very like it's very tongue in cheek. It's very fun. It's very, uh, I mean, it's very like Zelda-ish, uh, Zelda-ish, like as far as the gameplay goes. Um, it kind of reminds me a little bit about like another like you know like vampire themed game, like Kid Dracula. Yes, uh, is also like being like a very like, underrated game, I think. So um, yeah, that's a fantastic Dracula, game. Yes, yes, Kid Dracula. Yes, Kid Dracula is at least more uh, 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 is at least is at least, easy, is at least easier to get these days because it was uh, days because it was included with the Castlevania yep. collection that was currently available. So um, compared to this game, which we'll, which we get to here like a little bit, <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah, so. Um, um, as Joe mentioned, there is, uh, um, you know, there is, uh, there is, uh, 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 there is a cheat code that allows somebody to play as Rudy uh, once you get them in the game. Uh, if you if go to the title screen, put this, um, uh, push down B, left B, up Y, right and Y, you'll hear a chime work correctly. Uh, um, after you get, uh, so after you get Rudy, uh, you uh, uh, somebody else can play him uh, like Tor too, which is a nice touch. So. It makes um, the game a lot better. You don't have to grind as much. Yes. Yeah, but it does, it does help. There's also there's, there's also a debug menu you can access to also like uh, um, uh, to also unlock additional cheats to help make this game a bit easier, uh, a bit easier, a bit easier, a bit easier if you want to as well too. So most games have debug menus. They're usually taken out. This one here is still accessible by by code though. In this case, the house screen you want to push right Y B left B Y up Y B down B Y select. Select, select, left, right, and done correctly. Your sound. Start the game normally, then hold L and R and push it and push start to to to, to, to open the debug menu. Uh, you, you can do various things on there. Uh, you just have to be able to walk through walls by holding out X, for example. Oh, that's so, great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so you definitely, so you definitely like do that to to make the game easier. Yeah, because the game, because the game was made a bit harder for North American release, um, which I think we've. We we may have talked about this like already, Joe. So I'll try not to hammer the point on the point in too much because it's too much because I really don't remember how much time how much time we've been talking mm -hmm. about this. But um, 
During this time period, it was very common for games. To, to get, the popular conception is that, like, is that like Japanese games are harder, are harder uh, than North American releases, and that's true of a couple examples. Like a couple examples, for example, like you know, like um, you know, the you know, the infinite, you know, the infinite, you know, the infinite case everybody thinks about is like is like Super Mario Brothers two, right. which is like which is like which is like balls hard. Um, uh, but that's really, the, but that, but that's really the exception more than the rule because because actually many games were harder in North America than they were in Japan during um, during the eighties and nineties. Right. And the, re the main reason for that actually is because of video yep. stores and renting. Um, because in Japan there is no such thing. Uh, you were not able to um, you know I mean I mean obviously there were video stores but you weren't you know you know but but it was against the law in, in Japan. I, I don't know if it's against the law or just not or, or, or just like very frowned upon. That anyway, game renting was not a thing in Japan. <clears throat> so, um, whereas here in North America, of course, many many people played get, played games that, that way. And as I said before, this game's this game's this game's perfect rental is supposed to buy because uh, buy because that to be how short it is. So <clears throat> after so after it was, uh, so uh, so after it was made legal, um, you know, to approve uh, to rent to rent to rent video, to rent, to rent video games, the Nintendo had tried to. I tried, to, I tried to stop it and lost right. it in court. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of publishers compensated for that by making their games mm -hmm. harder, and this game's no exception. So, because because they're like, well, we're not going to make as much money on the games. We need to um, so we need to compensate for the compensate for that by maybe trying to get some more money from Rento by making the game a bit harder and encourage them to, to encourage them to rent it to rent it multiple times, perhaps. Right. So, um, but anyway, so uh, how this game was made harder? Um, enemies have higher defense. Uh, when Spike gains level in this game, his health does not get replenished. They, uh, they replenished um, um, uh, in, in the original Japanese, Japanese version. When, when you level up, uh, uh, you gain fully. Uh, you also gain like full mm. HP. You don't in this version of the game. Um, so the combination of those two things definitely makes this game like more challenging. Uh, one other thing that was done, and I don't know why they did this, the shopkeeper da the shopkeeper Dawson in the Japanese version of the game was a pretty blonde huh. girl. Uh, in the American version of the game, uh, like the bum of a, a like bum like creature. Why they did this change, I don't know. But um, unless they thought maybe she looked like too young, perhaps. But you know, I looked there. You know, uh, you know, uh, but, but I looked at the picture. It seemed fine to me. So I really don't know why that change was made. But so. Hmm. Um, anything you want to say about that, Joe? Before I move on. No. Nope. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um. So this game got very mixed reviews when it came out, and still gets very mixed reviews today. Um, you know, like I said, you have to be, you, you like I said, you, like I said, you have to be, the, like I said, you have to be the, the, the uh, kind of certain person to appreciate, to appreciate, to appreciate this game because of the humor and the gameplay aspects being used and whatnot. Um, so on the positive side, uh, EGM uh, at the time uh, gave this game high marks. Uh, they said it was a very like fun Zeldish, uh, uh, Zeldish. Uh, type game, um, you know, you know they like the whole part, so like, like they really like the whole partner system. So uh, their five reviewers all together averaged up, averaged up giving the game uh, eight point two out of ten, uh, you know, like their mm. like, review score. So so Nintendo Power also gave the game like pretty good marks. They gave it three point seven out of five for graphics and sound, three point three out of five for play control, uh, three point five out of five for challenge, and three point six out of five for theme and fun. Saying the positive uh, that the, the, um. Uh, I was on the positive side. Had good graphics, entertaining story. Um, uh, uh, like the adventure takes a very predetermined path. We, a path. On the negative side, they, on the negative side, they, um, you know they said, you know they, they, uh, 
they complain about the control being frustrating in, in, in some situations, which yep. yes, and and also and also text and also text scrolling too slowly, also yes. <laughs> so those are so those are like fair so those are like fair criticisms yeah. I thought. Um, Game Pro on the other hand though bashed the game. They gave like a very negative review. Um, they said it was uh, too simplistic. Uh, the gameplay storyline was just boring. It was made for like beginning, uh, um, uh, made for beginning gamers, which again, like I said before, I think the game was designed for younger audience in Japan. So uh, they also criticized the, uh, they also criticized the cute tones, the cute tone of the, the, the visuals, mm. uh, with particularly biting line here. Uh, quote: The pleasing graphics are the, the pleasing graphics are clean and well done. On the other hand, so is Barney, and no one wants an RPG within it. Mm. Which is like, ouch. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get it, but again, like I said before, you have to be a certain kind of mindset to uh, a mindset to where I can enjoy this game fully. So, uh, but yeah, this game is very it's very hit or miss for you, depending upon what kind of person you is, and that and that kind of um, and, and that's reflected in modern views of the game today. Yeah. So, yeah. but uh, all right, pricing. Oh boy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. Uh, so I'm not sure. For example, um, uh, uh, so I'm not totally. I'm not, I'm not totally sure. But this may be the most expensive game we've covered in the podcast for original copy of the game. Uh, there are repros available, which are much more cheaper. I will say this like, right off the bat: anytime, the only time a game is hard to find, there are going to be repros yep. available online. So you have that option as well. Yeah, have that option as well too. But this this game this game is either the most expensive or one of the most expensive games we've covered before in the podcast. So um, I did share the pricing before in Discord, Joe. Did you? So did you see that, or did you go in? I see that, or are you going in blind? I was going in blind, um, and I did not see your post. Ooh, good. Okay, okay. We can play a guessing game then, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, so, this game... So, this game did not get a very... Yes, yeah, so this game did not get a big... Like a big print run, in, uh, a print run here in the West, obviously. Uh, I, I'm, I can see why. You know, a small publisher... Well, I mean, Bulletproof Software wasn't that small of a company at the time, the time period, but uh, time period, but the time period, but they knew it was a niche game. Yeah. So, um, I don't know how many, yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 don't know how many, how many copies are made, but, um, but it wasn't very big, and and for a while nobody knew about the game. So pricing of the game stayed stayed relatively cheap. Chris said he got his copy of the game way back when for a pretty, you know, pretty cheap right. price. But now that people know about this game. The price has skyrocketed in recent years, and I, uh, uh, recent years, boy, I mean skyrocketed. So, um, you can you can find the game easily enough, like online. Uh, Sixteen copies of this uh, sixteen copies of this game uh, were, were uh, uh, like available uh, online on eBay when I looked recently in all formats. Oh, by the way, this game, this game, this game was also released in Europe. It looks like too, apparently. Oh, okay. So. Um, um, 20 copies. 20 copies of this game, like sold recently. Those include like all regions, repros, non-repros, whatever. So, you, like, so you can't find mm. the game. So, um, <clears throat> let's get off the guessing, the guessing game, for, like kind of like a fun one-off though. Uh, an original box for this game sold recently. Uh, uh, sold recently on eBay in great shape. Just the box, mind you, nothing <laughs> else. How much? Do you, like, how much do you think that box by itself like went for, Joe? Well, considering that this is considered a rare and gem at that, I'm going to say at least $100. Not bad. Uh, 165 Okay. So That's crazy um, for just a box, but, you know. Yes. I understand collectors. Uh, 
Yes. So uh, real copies, real copies of the North American cards, uh, which, which again, I'm going to give the same warning. If you want to buy this for your collection, make sure you're buying a, a, a um, you know a real thing. Some people are not very, uh, some people are not very honest sellers, unfortunately. Right. So. Um, you know, like, uh, so, you know, just buyer beware and all that stuff. Real copies of the North American cart version of this game. Uh, what do you think an average price for the carts uh, um, has gone for recently? Just a cart? Just the Well, carts. if the box is going for 100 the cart's at least going for double that. So I'm going to say 250 not quite that bad. 169 to 225 is the range of prices. The, 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 the card is still from. The Japanese version of the game, by the way, is much cheaper. So, um, so, if you don't, uh, so if you don't care about that or have the means, you can get a Japanese copy of the game for a much cheaper, a, 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 much, a much cheaper price. CIB is where it gets like, really nuts. Um, there were two copies. There, there were two copies of the two, two, two CIB examples that sold recently. Uh, complete. You know, good shape. You know, they had the manual. Um, uh, they had the manual and everything. Um, just take a ballpark, you know, ballpark figure, like a price in like one of those. Uh, uh, complete. I'm going to say between six and seven hundred. You're, so you're pretty close. The, the, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the two CIB copies, the copies that the, the, the sold recently, the slightly, the, the slightly better, the slightly better version of it sold for six, uh, six thirty. Wow. So. The the something the something the something lesser one five forty one. Hmm. So, okay. yeah, it's it's pricey complete. Yeah. <laughs> you know you know you know for somebody like Chris who has to risk who has the game like their complexion and collection, I think Chris said his 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 is CIB. So, um, you definitely you know the, you know this you know this definitely gem your collection for sure. Yeah, then. for sure. So, um, luckily luckily if you want to luckily. If you just want to play the game in physical physical format, reprints of the game are commonly or commonly cheaply available from Asia. Carts, repo cards are to twenty dollars. Repo cards and boxes are forty dollars. You know, like you know, fixed you know fixed buy now pricing. So much like so, yeah. So yeah, so. But, yes, if you just want a physical, physical copy, a physical copy for your collection, and I don't care if it's real or not, you know, those are like much better prices. Yep. So, but uh, we're gonna be covering another game here very shortly afterwards that may actually top this game in price. So I'm gonna be curious to see <laughs> uh, which which one which one actually is like more expensive. So like so like so stick a pin in these prices for for play right now, Joe, because we'll revisit them. Uh, uh, you know, later yeah, on down we'll the road. do. But they. Uh, but yeah, so um, you know, definitely, you know, definitely very fun, uh, you know, like Zelda game. You know, you know, a few gripes, few complaints of the of the game, but nothing really like you know worthwhile to like uh, worthwhile to discourage you from playing the game if you're a fan of, like Zelda games, and especially if you enjoy like you know the uh, you know especially if you have like a very wacky sense of humor, uh, as far as like, um, you know enjoy you know you know uh, if I enjoy very Japanese uh, Japanese style games, I definitely can highly recommend this. So and I believe Joe, and I believe Joe. Uh, play the same way yeah, that, yeah, so. and you know, and I'm gonna add to that by saying, like, I get it. If you collect games, great, then totally go crazy on this. But for the average listener, just emulate this game. Um, just that it's not worth <laughs> the asking price, in my opinion. Um, the game's great, and it's definitely worth playing through. But as, and safe states also help a lot. Yeah, because, yeah, but like th- that that investment of uh, you know 
I mean, even the card at 250, like, no. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yep, but having said that, if you want to play physically, 20 bucks for repo's not that bad. Right, so. right, right. Yeah, and, but, see, I don't like to give money to people who make repro's, so that's just me. Yeah, I kind of feel it's like if the game's no longer in print, uh, in print, and it, you know, the person's being honest with how they're selling it, then you know, like I'm all for it, like you know, because, because I mean, like because otherwise, you know, how are you going to play it? Probably so. True, um, but I'd rather have you spend your you, money on an EverDrive or something like that and do it that way. That's just me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I may you so I may use an example, but so for, like I may use an example from the past. I can't remember, but a. Um, um, I had a, you know, several years ago, I had a, um, you know, um, I picked up a physical, uh, you know, physical Sega, uh, a Sega CD to go on Genesis, um, you know, like mm -hmm. Genesis to play some of the more hidden gems uh, on that system because Sega CD emulation at the time was not very good. Um, I don't know how emulation is for Sega, for Sega CD games anymore these days. I Fantastic. Up, but, but you, yeah, 10 years ago, though, 10 years ago, like, um, you know, it right. wasn't very good, so, <laughs> um, one of the gems I wanted to play in the game, uh, the, uh, yes, one of the gems, one, one of the gems that I, I, I totally wanted to play was Snatcher, mm. um, which is a very expensive yep. game. To get. Agreed. So, um, so I just had a friend who burned me a copy of the game um, and sent it to me in the mail. I played the game that way, and um, um, played them, uh, played them later on, played, played later on when I sold the system. Um, I destroyed the disc, um, so that. Um, and so like okay I was, I was and I was perfectly happy with that because I was like you know you know you know I got to so I got to play the game and didn't have to pay the 500 bucks or whatever that the physical copy right, was going right. for yep. so but speaking of which you know uh, you know side note um, how psyched are you about that um, the possibility about that new like Genesis slash Sega CD mini possibly coming out here in the west so I'm so jaded that I actually don't think it's going to come out here <laughs> I wish it would, I, yeah. I, I but, do yeah. like the idea, and I really love that they're doing that. Um, but also, like, I just, I, because of how poorly the Sega CD did here in the States, I don't think Sega of Japan is going to do that unless, keyword, unless there's enough noise on Twitter and they see that there's money to be made. Um, then I can see that happening. But overall, I don't yeah. see it. I, I really don't. Yeah. I really wish... Yeah, I really wish I picked up a TurboGrafx-6... Uh, uh, TurboGrafx Mini. But, um, like, they're available, but they, uh, the production was stopped short because of COVID. And, like, both the, and like, those things go for, like, 100 to 200 bucks now, like, online these days. Yeah, yeah. So, I really wish I got one, like, when they were out. But, anyway. Um, so, yeah, so, uh... That's the game for you this time. Um, next, um, next time on the podcast, we're covering a classic. Uh, well, I think it's a classic. It definitely is. Uh, uh, um, definitely, it's a very fun yet very difficult game. Um, we're gonna be looking at Super Ghouls and Ghosts by Capcom. Uh, the, like the system. Do you have any experience with this one? Uh, I mean, I have all sorts of experience with this entire franchise, and it, it all results yeah. in me dying a lot. So you, <laughs> you it, it's going to be fun reviewing it for sure. Yes. I will say right now, the Super Ghosts and Ghosts is not the same game as Ghosts and Ghosts. Uh, it actually is a very, um, um, you know, it's a, um, it's actually a very like different game. We will get into it just like we cover yeah. the game next time. So, um, but uh, you know, it, you know, people, 
know, people, you know, people can't get confused easily, which I don't blame them. The Japanese, the Japanese names uh, are more clear on that point, but so anyway, like we'll get into that later, um, uh, uh, um, uh, later on. So as always, we appreciate you listening to the podcast. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, suggestions, feel free to leave on Facebook page, or you can also send me an email directly to the SNES podcast at yahoo.com. Um, a lot of people have been joining up on Facebook recently, so I appreciate the looks, appreciate the, 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 uh, the views. Uh, we're still planning a very special 200 episode coming up coming up here in a few months, so stay tuned for that. Um, Joe, how can they reach you? You can find me on Twitter at J-O-E-S-U-X-3-0, and I also have a very public Facebook that you can find me on, definitely not family-friendly. Um, and, uh, you know, I poke my head into the uh, Facebook group every once in a while, so if you, if you yes. happen to <laughs> post something there, I'll, I'll end up seeing it. Yes, awesome. Thank you very much. So, uh, thank you again, everybody, for tuning in. As always, we appreciate you. Stay safe, be well, and we'll catch you again later on next time. Take care, all. Bye. Nintendo controls 80% of the video market. But no matter how you play the game, or which game you play, things definitely have come a long way since Pac-Man. Now you're playing with power. Deep of power.